Hi, this is Chris, host of CT Small Business Presents, where we get to know your favorite Connecticut small businesses, as well as the ones you may not know. We get to know their passions, their business, their story. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. Hello, it's Chris again. I have Brian from the Shelton Gift Boutique. I guess you can say he's our co-host slash guest. And I have Lou actually from Royal Fox Studios, and I finally got him in. Hey, thanks for having me, Lou. Thanks for coming down. I know, I know it's coming a far down. trip. Yeah, it's. A I know it's a far trip for you. I took uh, two whole steps from the couch to the table. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. I've been, I've been <laughs> yeah. really wanting to get you on that way. People know who. Obviously, I want Brian on too, but like, I'm the man behind. Yeah, the scenes, I like to yeah. know the person of who I keep on tagging every freaking posts that i make that's me regarding uh the podcast obviously the infamous fixer as you say yeah lou the fi- i call him lou the fixer because he fixes my flubs yeah that's yeah. a lot that that's not easy to edit no. stuff that, no that it takes a, a lot of work well you have to have an ear for it and when you've been doing it for a long time you can like hear the breaks and the pauses and the mouth noises and all the tiny little details that maybe other people aren't hearing right and uh it's kind of cool but at certain times, like, let's just say Chris says something uh, that he wants me to take out. I'll have to, in order to sync it up so it's really smooth, I'll have to listen to Chris say the same thing like 20 times. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny to have it on repeat just yeah. to get the, the yeah. cut just right. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. He uh, he fixed my, uh, my intro amazingly because uh-huh. it took me about 45 minutes because I was just telling Brian I... I uh, I was saying it and I just drew a blank and then you t- my problem is if you if like Lou would say oh you should say it this way now since you told me how to say it that way not a bad way I'm not saying thing against Lou but just like I just draw a free or like I just draw a blank we we're talking about say when we do like in college you do like right. a uh, like a communication class you have mm-hmm. to do a like a forced uh, presentation right you have an audience and yeah just like you're forced to talk about the subject it's just like you you can't well, I can't. You can't come up with a thing because it's like I feel like forced. You're forced to talk about that specific. Right. Right. You're on the spot. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. like coming from. It's not like natural or. Yeah. You know, like me, I just like to go as it flows. Just go with whatever, the flow. Whatever yeah. comes out, it just literally comes out. I'll um, say. Uh, well, first of all, this is Royal Fox Studio, and we're a podcast studio. Um, not just exclusively podcast, but we do live streaming, video podcast, audio podcast, and we do work with small independent artists too. And uh, we do editing, we get shows, and we edit them in post-production, for, even for shows that we don't produce. So that's what we do here. And uh, that doesn't exclude Chris's show. No. And, uh, you know, some people uh, have, like, a social anxiety for, yeah. for doing podcasts. They come down, they want to start a show, and they think that they could do it, but they're not cut out for talking because they just can't get into the flow. And even for someone like you who says, like, they have a little anxiety or like can't put their words together just perfectly like you do a great job yeah i try you know it's it's obviously like i think especially from the first show i did yeah like i just i like just to wing it so it's like it's hard for me to prepare for something but it's just like oh it's it's gotten easier i'm just saying in general for everyone that's like it just once you figure out your flow it just it gets so much easier you know plus you got like if you have like a support system like obviously lou yeah you know like he'll suggest everything for you not everything i don't mean that way i say it but like it's like oh you should he'll he'll guide you in the way you should say it or this or Mm -hmm. that or 
Yeah. Well, you know, everything else he does, too, you know? Right. Well, the shows that we have come in, uh, will if they have questions, we'll kind of guide them through the structure of their show, depending on the style of their show, whether it's conversational or narrative or informative. And we create segments so that uh, the shows can have hooks and catches and keep people engaged, you know, and that's right. if the guest wants it, you know, and yeah. every show could have their intro music, they could have their outro music and all types of little snippets to make it engaging. And mm-hmm. we did your intro, you know, it's just stock music, but yeah. we had you kind of talk over it and do a little intro and yeah. that was fun to edit. Yeah, I try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. I just, I just, just tell them, just do whatever, like, um. Well, Easy. you know, I, I listen to some of the podcasts, and I'll yeah. tell you, it, it really sounds very professional. You do a great job. I really appreciate you know, that. It, you know, it's, it's I, I, I wasn't sure it was what I was going to hear. And when I started listening to it, it was like, whoa. I yeah, said, it's literally all you know, little. This is done right here in Shelton, Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. We're, I think we're the only podcast studio in Connecticut that does podcast live streaming, video okay. live streaming. And um, I quite, haven't quite heard other studios that have like the same quality. Okay. But uh, there are other competitors in the area, and we're trying to kind of keep up with them. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it is competitive. It's, it's ever-evolving, you know? Like, yeah. It's a unique industry, and um, trying to find your niche is tricky, you know, because, oh, yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time that, like, clients come in, and there's a really high turnover rate for people who come in who want to do shows. Some of them are creatives, and they just have an idea. And, like, the analogy I like to use is, like, when you're young, everyone's like, let's start a band. Let's start a band. And everyone <laughs> wants to start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. And they come in, and sometimes it's college kids. Sometimes it's local comedians. Sometimes it's it could be a, a wide range of people who need content for their social media. And they come and they go. They come and they go. But what I found is small businesses have the best, like, uh, retention rate. You know, and they produce the highest quality content because it's serious. It's their part of their brand. Mm-hmm. And that's what we like to specialize in to kind of help capture the essence of all these companies that are trying to make it. Right. So that's what we do. That's, why, that's cool. That's one of the reasons why I like bringing small businesses because they kind of, I want to go beyond the the social media, what I've been doing. And yeah. just be like, I want you to see the faces of who you're supporting of like, you know, there's more just the, the name of the business and. Right, you know the actual people, and like, yeah, you know that's why I like to have a more of a conversation than a like an interview. That way, you're like, oh, he, he, he Lula seems like a good guy, or he's, you know, mm-hmm. like he's he he's got good jokes, or oh, I'm not know, very funny, whatever he's got, you know, <laughs> whatever is like, oh, I'm attracted to his personality, or his personality it will help yeah. me. Go to, go to him or I keep on moving my hand as yeah. I'm talking yeah you're Italian well, yeah, yeah I am actually <laughs> it, it's funny because like when I do a magic show I, I don't script the show um, some of the tricks I script yeah okay but I feed off my audience and I've added things into my future shows that I've gotten because someone will make a comment and it's like it can be funny oh and then I come and then all of a sudden my mind starts working you're improv you know yeah and I improv and then we play off each other and it's like whoa i can add this to my next magic show Ooh. you know so it's that's why basically my shows are all improv too you know yeah. and and i never go with a a set of of certain tricks you know I, I was told by a magician years ago oh you have to have a set you have to know what you're doing in order you have to time everything and you have to know exactly what you're saying it's like bs yeah <laughs> and I, I have more fun 
and people rebook me because I think they they enjoy it. They well, you told me, you Brian, know, that when you go and do a show, you read the audience. Oh, definitely. And you probably, and this is just me assuming, have a wheelhouse that you can pull from. Oh, yeah. Depending on how you're engaging with the audience, the yes. age and the demographic and everything. Definitely. And that's a, a superpower that you have yeah. over all these people with very static well, sets. Well, you know, it's really funny. I I've worked for a few agents in the past. Okay. And I was booked. An agent booked me for a kid show once, okay? And I show up, get my stuff ready, and it's like, you know, the audience wasn't coming in. Finally, the audience came in. It was all adults. Ah. No kids. So I, I mean, and my table, I had all kids stuff. Because okay. I used to change it out. Right. And now I've learned that, well, I'm going to have a variety of things, just in case that ever happens. Smart. But that show also taught me some of my, the tricks that magicians typically do for kids. I was able to adapt my pattern and everything to do for an adult audience. Hmm. And that really, I mean, even though it was a mistake and I was like really nervous and upset at the time, it really made me grow as a magician and show how I can really adapt my, my tricks. And so I've done that my whole life now. Stress (laughs) is probably one of the greatest catalysts for growth. I think Yes, if you can transform it. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that and fear are the two ones that, Right, push right. You to, if your fear yeah. is greater than, like, if your fear of failing is greater than the fear of being stagnant, then right. your fear will drive you. That's yes. what I think. It could yeah. fear could be a great healthy motivator if you're tr- if you're looking for change. Yeah. yeah. See, my problem with that is I have none, so it's just like I have no problem going. <laughs> on. The fearless man. I have no problem yes. going to the next step. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so I like, know what you mean. Just and just like I and I'm the type of person is just like going back to what we were talking about the podcast until I can't top myself anymore. That's when I stop. Okay. It's not that, I don't know if that makes sense. I'll like, make sure yeah. that you're always yeah uh, one step behind. Yeah. So that you yeah, can keep exactly. going forever. No, I was I'm just, I got always t- yeah, no you're fine. Like I always gotta <laughs> top if if I can't top myself keep on topping myself, I then I I, I just might as well just end it. Like right. you know obviously this next for the next step from. Us doing a podcast is being the podcast and YouTube and this and that. Right. You know, that's obviously that's the next step of us, right. you know. And the nice thing about your show is the people that you bring on are so unique and yeah. they're so plugged into the culture of the area. They're doing unbelievable things with the community and they're being engaged and they're operating in their own world. And you get to take a little sneak peek of what they do and why it's important to them and their passion. And that doesn't ever get old, really. Yeah. Like, people want to know what's going on in the area and how they can support small businesses. And for me, it's been really great because the connections have been so valuable to see what other people are doing and how we all can be involved as a community. It's really, yeah. really great. Yeah, we also found, I don't know if you probably witnessed it when you were here, that we all, we somehow, we, we bring someone up and somehow we all know Yeah, all these, like, random, like, <laughs> people in the in the community more their business community i'm just right like, i'm just an outsider who just tries to bring someone in to yeah to talk to them yeah you're like a catalyst for, yeah for connections so yep i like that Definitely. i never i never thought about using that big word lou oh well <laughs> i got a lot of big words yeah uh, <laughs> now now lou i also know from speaking to you before this is that you're yeah. you're actually a voice actor uh, I did one. go to school in New York for voice acting um, with my vocal coach, Danielle Quinzenberry, at the Edge of VoiceOver School in New York. And I did make, while I was there for the year that I was there, a commercial voiceover demo. And I've worked a couple of commercial jobs with small businesses in the area, but only a handful. 
Okay. It's kind of hard to break in to voiceover, especially if you're starting from scratch because you have to build your book of business. Just right. like any yeah. sales job, you're reaching out to companies, cold calling, trying to convince them that maybe their telephony system is terrible, like their automated right. phone system, or that their commercial needs to be redone, or you know, you basically have to tell them that one, they need your service, uh, or the service that they're already providing, like their exper- their client experience is sucking, you know, and and, yeah, yeah. and you can do it better. Right. Uh, and that takes a long time to build a book of business where you can have a sustainable income as a voice actor. It's hard. Right. It's hard yeah. to oh, break I'm in. sure. I yeah. think Brian can kind of relate almost to that with like co- being in comedy. Yeah. Being yeah. a comedian, you know. Yeah. So, you know, like, Definitely. you know, with. Like you know, with like clientele and oh, I heard heard uh, Brian's a good comedian or he has a good act or whatever that right. kind of stuff. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, one of the voiceover jobs I worked was a construction company. I did a voiceover for a construction company. Um, it was like they were remodeling an outdoor building and there was a monument. So I did kind of a a, vo- a VO for that. I think someone reached out to me from another country far, far away on the other side of the world. And he wanted me to do a voiceover for his website uh, ad. And um, they were doing all kinds of like real estate development and services there. Like, let's just say in Dubai or I don't know. It was something far away like that. (laughs) And that was pretty fun too. At the time, that was before I had the studio. So like... I had a, a little walk-in closet, and I would like put all the foam paneling in, and I would like open the door, and I would close myself in real tight, and I had my little, I have my Rode NT1, and I would just get in there and press the button, and I would give it a shot, and hopefully no cars would drive by. Ah, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It's funny, because every time I bring up the studio, I, I tell him, I go, well, if you also need Lou, he does voiceover stuff. I go, you just call him. Yeah, I would love to. So, and. and you know, it's unique. We haven't gotten any clients in like this yet, but odd people who are voiceover actors uh, who are talent and they have jobs, they could come in and book studio time and have a professional space to do their own voice acting yeah. here. And I would love to get some audiobook VO guys or some other commercial VO guys or maybe in, in maybe one of the most fun categories of VO is like animation. You know, not oh, my, yeah, not yeah, my yeah. wheelhouse at all. Yeah. But uh, we did produce a VO demo for uh, someone who was trying to get into voice acting, and we made a very nice voiceover demo for him here. Um, so, you know, we have fun, and we try to help everyone the best that we can as long as we have the capability, you know, because we're a smaller studio, right. but we do pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We get around, you know. We get around. So. <laughs> You've been hanging out with uh, Celebrate Shelton on the on the last couple of weekends. Yeah. So, so. Nicole McCoola is one of my clients. She has a show, uh, the Celebrate Shelton podcast, and she highlights all of the events that go in the valley that she uh, kind of coordinates. And right now, it's the Downtown Sounds event on uh, Veterans Memorial Park, downtown Shelton, where they have food trucks, handmade artisans, and they have local musicians come. And we have a booth there, too. And we've been setting up shop and trying to get a little exposure, and we're doing mobile podcasting mm-hmm. at fairs now, which is really fun. You meet a lot of great people, a lot of families, and other vendors and small businesses who are interested. Really good at connection. And Nicole, she knows so many people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially being in the community. Yeah. You just, you just run to the you – learn, you learn to meet everyone. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people uh, show up, especially like uh, – 
from the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. You know, Bob comes out and mm-hmm. we all kind of mingle and you really get plugged into the community. And I think that's one of the best parts of being a small business owner is like if you love connection, that's that's where it's all about. And that's what's important yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like doing podcasts is because everyone's got such a unique story and experience and business. And we I just love to hear stories and I like to capture it. And and if it helps someone even better. Yeah. You know, and we and we've kind of I'm not going to say we've perfected our craft, but we the quality is right where it needs to be in order for like it to be professional and everyone's got just what they need. So, yeah. it's cool. It's one of those things you're always going to learn, you know. Like always. It's, going, it's always going to be a learning curve to it. Oh, tec- yeah. Technology yeah. is always changing too, yeah. and there's always something new on the horizon and a new business model, a new technology to explore. I mean, very recently we have, you know, this mixer that we're using the Tascam model 12 but and we adjusted the settings and every time we fix it and the quality just gets better and better yeah so we have fun yeah you know there's a lot of room for growth we'll have to play on an event just to get like a little community like business community event we should and i would really love to do a podcasters meetup like for people who host shows in the area mm-hmm. just to come like have a coffee hour everyone can hang out and kind of like create a space where people can get together yeah, we'll, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, it'll be a lot we'll, of fun. We'll figure something out. Yeah. And Bob's, I don't know, Bob. I, I keep on uh-huh. calling Brian something else every single time I every see time. him. Every time. No problem. And you know what it is? If someone's Jim, I call him John. I do that at work constantly. Jim, John, Bob. Yeah. So Brian, uh, Brian yeah. will obviously have to be invited too. He'll, oh, yeah. He'll be joining us. <laughs> Not obviously, but he'll. Yeah. He gets the instant invite. You Definitely. And sure. He'll have a personal invitation. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. So is Care. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, all the small businesses all this, we have. All the people that we had on so far will send out invites. Yeah, it'd be really great. Sounds yeah. good. Cool. So, what? Lou, how, how'd you even get into podcasting? Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's a little bit of a story, but we're here to tell, tell a story. story. So yeah. we'll, we'll tell a story. There's got to be a, some sort of background to it. So before I got into you know, this root, this space here in the Conti Building, 415 Howe Avenue, the illustrious... Uh, old factory that's been converted into business spaces. Um, I was interested in doing voiceover, and I wanted to be a radio host. That it was the Ooh, most alluring okay. idea to me. Like I just want to be able to talk and use my voice to tell stories, and you know, engage with so, listeners and yeah, so like play a talk show. Type yeah, thing. and play music. Cool. I like. Yeah, whatever, classic rock, anything. And so, throughout the years, I, I play video games. I are like and you have microphones you talk to other people who play and people always used to say wow you have such an amazing voice and i'd be like yeah yeah okay whatever and they i would get comments wherever i went i worked at a hospital i worked at yale new haven hospital and i made the announcements over the intercom for some time and the doctors used to be coming coming up to me and they'd be like hey you need to quit your job and you need to go be a voice actor because right. you have such a, an amazing voice. And like, I don't want to hear that. Like, you know, <laughs> like I don't feel that way when at the time anyway. Right. And the patients would tell me, some of the nurses would tell me. And eventually after hearing that for so long, I had a guy come up to me at work. His name was Emerson. Very nice guy. And he told me this story. He said, you, you have a golden voice, he said. And I was like, what do you mean? And he says, you're the next man with the golden voice. 
and like you're this is all boosting my ego like right, right. i don't want to like that i'm not it's not resonating with me he showed me um a video of the man with the golden voice and i don't know if you've ever seen it it's a homeless man on the side oh, of the yeah, street. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and okay. he and he is like, uh, and he and someone a news guy pulls up and he says, "We're going to make you work for your money." Say something for the camera, and uh, I can't remember his name, he, but he goes something like, "You're listening to WPLR, the best of oldies," you know, something like that. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, and he became famous, and he had such an amazing voice, and he went into recovery because he was maybe a an alcoholic at the time right, using right. drugs. So he became, uh, he went to AA, he recovered, and they became a, a, a radio personality he used to be. And he built himself back up, and that's the man with the golden voice. So one of my coworkers was telling me, you know, you're that guy. And I was like, well, obviously I'm not a drug addict, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to get on drugs. Yeah, and so, so you can recover. So I need no. to have my story of success. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, I pushed it aside like I did with every comment that I had gotten up to that point right. until I was home one day and my sister, she does performing arts. So she's an actress and we so were just, it's kind of into in like in the family then a little bit, a little bit. My yeah. parents don't really, my dad's a little artistic, but I, we don't have like, yeah, no one. Yeah. It's just me and my Sorry, sister. Lou, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 it's a good point. And, uh, my sister and I were just kind of like putzing around. We set up a microphone and I started doing some voice acting just for fun. And um, my sister, she's in the performing arts, and she said, you have an amazing voice. You have to do something with it. And that was the very first time after years of being told that it really resonated with me. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I could turn my voice into a career. Right. So I went and I looked around and I went to a bunch of different places. We do have um, a couple of cool places nearby uh, for like the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, for right, example. Yeah, That's a yeah. really popular place. Yeah. But I, I went to a couple places. I did some tours. And then I eventually settled at the Edge Studio in New York. I did my VO demo. I started doing some VO work. And then I found this building. And I connected with a bunch of small businesses in here. And I saw some space was opening up. Originally, I didn't want a, a big space like this. I wanted a small, tiny storage unit to just do VO in my closet like I was. Right, right. And then I kind of like thought about it and I said, I could do a lot more than VO work. And I thought about an industry that's untapped and podcasting isn't untapped, but right, that's right, what we, yeah. that's what I settled on. And we started fabricating and building the space and took out a, a business loan. And it took me four months to build out the studio. And then we started booking clients for podcasts, slow and steady. And then it kind of take, took on a life of its own from there. And I did VO, and I got podcasting and small independent artists, and it's just been kind of a, a learning experience, to say the least. Owning yeah. a business is not easy. No, it isn't. No. It isn't. We talked about that a little bit about yeah. the, last, the last episode. A lot of factors. A lot of yeah. stuff to it. Proper, like taxes and forms and this and that mm -hmm. and unexpected expenses and, you know, yeah. capital and net and gross incomes and balancing yeah. everything and it's tricky yep. business. And then never mind the social media and, and right. building your business yeah. on top of all of the other stuff on the yeah. in the back. But anyway, that's my story. A little long-winded, but nah, you're fine. now you've heard it. Yeah. I uh, I didn't know about Lou's, about the studio until Celebrate Shetland actually posted that they 
started their first episode of the podcast oh. on on Instagram. I always want not always, but like that was I knew this was gonna be my next step of CT small business. Right. And I was like, you know, I might just like I say before, I just went with it. I was like, oh, let me just contact Lou, and I did, and that's how it started. I literally was like, okay, I'll start like next week or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, I was glad that you came cool. down too. I love when pe- people are really serious and they have a great idea and, and we can execute it and help help their vision, you know, come to life. Yeah. I should say, too, that uh, I didn't build the studio on my own. I had a lot of help. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like uh, it like I did say it took me four months to refabricate this space and turn it into a studio. It was very disheveled when I first moved in. It was barren, empty. There were holes in the wall. There was the old factory hardwood floor totally warped. You couldn't walk in a straight line. We had to build an isolation booth for our via, for doing voiceover work and all kinds of things. And the people in this building are unbelievable because they came and helped me. I didn't know anything about construction. I didn't know anything about starting a business. And all the small businesses in this building came together and helped me a lot. Well, that's oh, great. I'm sure, with, yeah. Not just with the construction, but with learning the whole process of starting a business. Mm-hmm. And I guess I shouldn't. I'll say this anyway. When I started this company, I I really believed in it, but I had no money. I saved my my bank statement from the first day I started my company. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know how much it was in my bank? How much, Lou? It was like negative (laughs) $457. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So I was like, I believed in it so much (laughs) to the point that uh, I I took out a business loan because I had great credit, but I had no money. Um, But that's all you need sometimes. Right. Yeah, that's all you need is a little help. uh, so I put it in a frame. So one day when I make it big, I'll be like, that's where I started. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. The rock or his story is that he, he named his company $7 because that's all he had in his, when he failed everything. Oh, wow. he went, he moved back home and literally all he had in his pocket was $7. Wow. Like he failed, not failed. I don't say it like that. He went to the NFL, got cut. He tried the Canadian, the Canadian football league, got cut. He, you know, he went back home with his, tail between his legs oh you know not a bad way just that's how i guess sure, he felt. you get demoralized yeah, yeah. and it literally all he had was seven dollars now he's like starring <laughs> these movies he bought the xfl xfl this and that he like he's like the top grossest the thing is you person. can't give you can't yeah. give up yeah you know you, you get shot down you, you just try again you yeah. just keep going i saw a video of the rock getting slapped in the face with a tortilla recently did you yeah that's it was the, really that's, funny that's the new thing is yeah, the tortillas. i have to watch that then i'm gonna bring a tortilla and i'm just gonna get you that's fine yeah. we can we'll put on <laughs> we should do a tortilla challenge next okay time. yeah we'll do, do that it. i'll buy some at uh Walmart. okay that yeah. sounds good to me we'll do it we'll definitely do it <laughs> i won't i won't hit you hard i promise okay uh, if you just do it to me it's fine i can't promise i'm not gonna okay. really get you with okay. that tortilla no that's fine and then we have to put we have to drink some water okay and then the first one to laugh loses Okay. I have a funny feeling Chris can keep it straight. Yeah, yeah, I think I can. so. <laughs> I have my moments. Sometimes <laughs> there's a funny story because I, I can keep a straight face for the most part. And one time I was helping somebody at work. Now, sitting at the desk, I was making an appointment for him. And usually I can keep a straight face. And But, like, there was a female and a male. The the male, he his eyes were just he, his his eyes were open wide and he's just buggy and just staring at me and and i was starting to laugh about it now i look up as well and i just you know how you say something you start that little chuckle and i was like i yeah. can't and like i i was like I, I had to talk to the lady looking down because nothing against the guy he was nice 
but just the way he looked at me that one second we made eye contact (laughs) i just i almost broke character i was like (laughs) i had to talk to the lady you know and just writing down the thing i couldn't even look i go here you go you don't want to offend your patient (laughs) yeah and like and i know he didn't mean anything by it just like that that's that awkward moment of just that awkward eye contact sounds like a magical moment yeah it got that right (laughs) could be (laughs) got that right so actually i should ask you too brian how'd you actually start your the the boutique the boutique oh well that's that's a i'm curious well you know i've done a lot of things over my life okay and uh magic was my passion and did i've been doing magic for over 32 years and um this is a really crazy story. Uh, had to be about, well, 10, 15 years ago, down in Disney with my family. And since I'm a magician, in downtown Disney, they had a place where they engraved rings, finger rings. And so I had them engrave a finger ring with the seven of hearts on it. Mm. I said, I could use this in a magic trick, you know, in my magic shows, because I'm a magician. Mm-hmm. Well, two months later, my finger turned green. Oh, I said, well, that's not good. So I can't wear this ring anymore. And it, right. it took a while for it to, for me to wash it off. It, yeah. it was like, it was terrible. So anyway, I did, I searched on the internet, kind of find out. Um, I found that you could, you could buy stainless steel rings in all different varieties um, that won't turn your finger green. And I could buy an engraving machine to engrave them. Oh. So I started doing that at fairs and festivals. Okay. And for magicians. And you do it on site. Oh yeah, it's, it's like a five minute thing. Wow. Oh yeah, it's cool. And it's like really cool. So then I, I, I got into other things where I started doing, um, uh, I dyed uh, t-shirts. Mm. I could put photos, words, anything on a t-shirt. And same thing with coffee mugs. And I says, well, I'm not gonna start lugging all this stuff to craft fairs. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know. So I says, I gotta find a, a, a place. So I actually, um, this is back in now uh, November, I had seen on, on the internet that the Small Business Association was giving grants, mainly because of COVID. Wow. So I applied. I said, well, I'm not going to really get a grant. You know, I did. A small grant. Like $9,000. Sure. $9, it That's wasn't a lot. But. Get you started. I said, I can open up a shop. And then I had a thought. I mean, it just came to me. I said, well, what if I had like a multi-vendor shop with mm. other people who do crafts? And this way. I'm not only helping myself, I can help other people. And so I said, well, let me just throw it on a Facebook. Well, I mean, within a day, I got three other crafters that said that they wanted to do this. So then I started looking for locations. The, the first three locations I found, they weren't going to be ready for six, eight months. Yeah. I said, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm a doer. I don't yeah. like to sit down and wait. Yeah. Couldn't find out those buildings still aren't ready yet. And I, the building I'm in now it wasn't even for lease. But oh. I, I searched the tax rolls to find out who owned it, gave him a call, and I said, would you be interested in leasing your building? And he said, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. like, oh, my goodness. That was fast. So, like, within 24 hours, I met him there. We shook hands. Stop. I didn't even pay him a cent. He gave me the key. He says, I want you to go out and make and, and get the locks changed. And he, the nicest guy in the world. And we you got worked so together. lucky. Oh, yeah, you may have I mean, because because you know, I mean, some of the rents in the area here are pretty high. Yeah, I mean, some are two and three times the amount that I'm paying for the same size or smaller. Mm. And so, I mean, and it worked out good. So then I said, "Well, I really got to get going on this now." And so then I went out to several Facebook uh, pages with crafters and handcrafted in Connecticut, etc. And I ended up getting like a ten to twelve crafters. I said, "Oh, this is great." 
Well, we had some problems getting some of the, it, it was a bakery before. Okay. So there were ovens. Big oh, ovens. So you were in Ryan's bakery. Yes. Oh, I know yeah. that space. Yeah. I, yeah, she's an old friend of mine. And there was also a 1,300-pound mixer. That oh, out. So he, we were having a hard time. He, he had to find somebody who was going to buy it and then, you know, organizing them to get it out. So it was finally May 25th. But they moved locations. They didn't take that stuff with them? I think that was part of the other bakery that was there. Oh, I see. So, so that's why that stuff was okay. there. So May 25th, got it out. Mm. I called a local guy to lay carpet. He laid carpet. The next day, I built 11 bookcases. Oh, wow. We opened April 1st. Because what I did is I had all my ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. I got my state licenses, planning and zoning licenses. I, I I had the cash register system. I had everything ready to go. So as soon as I was able to get in there, I went bam. Wow. And I, you know, it was it was amazing. I was amazed myself. And now we have people begging to come in. Yeah. I don't have any more room. It's, it's 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 great, you know. But the thing is, I have a waiting list. I'm up to forty six grafters. Mm-hmm. And once you know someone leaves, then I can pull someone else in. And I'm even making more room. Wow. You know, okay. different shelf spaces and everything. And, and Chris wants to come in with his shirts and yeah. stuff. And it's like, I want to have him in there. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can to, hmm. to get yeah. things organized. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah. So. I do have a question. So when you sell on consignment, you get less of the profit of the sale because you got to give some to the business owner, of right. course. Because we have to pay for rent, right? utilities, uh, credit card fees. Sure. Uh, all your yeah. investment capital you yeah. put in, right? right. You got to pay that, that back. Yeah. So I imagine you have to sell a very high volume in order to kind of like meet your overhead. Right. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So the more vendors you have, the more chances you have to be able to maximize your net. Right. But see, I'm also selling quite a few of my t-shirts. Right. And I I actually have a whole line of Shelton products. Yes. Uh, Shelton coffee mugs. That's really going to sell. Yeah. I mean, because nobody else has anything like that. Mm -hmm. We got t-shirts. I I divide... Uh, design these t-shirts it has the outline of the city of shelton mm-hmm. but it also lists all the ha- things that happen you know oh. uh, the, like the library the the shelton day the the, the river walk mm-hmm. everything that happens in shelton so it's really cool it brings the whole thing together i like that oh, that's a good so, idea yeah so it's uh i need some shelton merch yeah i was born and raised a shelton <laughs> boy here i don't live in shelton never have i need to buy a shelton shirt yeah. now <laughs> But yeah, I talked to actually funny. That's a great story, by the way. Yeah, Thank you for it definitely sharing, is. Brian. Thank you. Now, how I met Brian was actually my one of my coworkers has stuff in his shop, and she got on saying, "Oh, you, you, you know," because I on the side also I tie I make tie dye T shirts. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, you need to call him. You got to call him. Got to contact him." I go, "Okay, whatever. You no, know, not yeah. a bad way. Just like okay." Then on Mon- literally Monday. And today's Wednesday when we're actually filming the, or recording this yes. episode. But it will be a couple of weeks from... It'll be the 19th or something like that when it comes out. But uh, he, I called him on Monday. I was like, hey, Brian, my coworker, Michelle, said I should call you. And I, I make tie-dye t-shirts to see if you're interested in whatever, whatever I said. And he, he, he said, send me some pictures. Okay, I'll send you some pictures on my lunch break. Which I got super busy on my lunch break, so I never... I sent them pictures, but it was like the next day. And then uh, Care had to take some time off to take care of herself in a good way. Yeah. It's just like she, they, they're they're busy. They're, they're working so they hard. They work so hard. It's so hot out when she's... Oh. It's just... 
she I told her she just take care I always say take care of yourself first before you take care of no take care of me but you're, you're first you know right right but uh so I literally called Brian I was like hey Brian are you interested in coming and recording a podcast tonight <laughs> in a few hours I yeah. know I know you're only down the street it's not you know I told him where you guys were and he goes yeah sure I'll be there you know what's funny Chris? and I've never ever done a podcast yeah. never never well, you're a natural showman. Yeah. And the cool thing is Chris puts these little lines out there and he always gets the best people. Yeah. Always. So I don't know how I don't that's, know. That's a compliment well, to you. Yeah. And for to care too. Yeah, yeah thank, definitely. Well, I, I fell on Thank you, I appreciate it. I felt I literally I I got so lucky with both Brian and Care. Yeah. I'm just like I don't know how I don't know how I got lucky with both of them. So I told Brian before the show he's invited back. Whenever he wants, he'd come in as well as obviously care is always invited. Oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I told him if he wants to hang out, if he wants to come down, he's yeah. more than more than happy. Cause I know it's such a long distance for him to come here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one block. I don't even, I don't even drive. I just yeah, walk. He I here. just walk. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. I was waiting outside yeah. looking for him. He goes, Oh, and obviously he's, he's just, that sneaks up behind me. He just walks up behind me. He goes, Oh, here I am. I was like, and I jumped. I go, Oh, <laughs> he goes, I walked here. So I thought that was kind of funny. And, you know, you know Shelton is really an up-and-coming area now. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if this is an appropriate word, but people have said that Shelton has become gentrified. So I, I don't know what that means exactly, but it used to not be the best area. But now all these small businesses, all these events are happening. Right. A lot of new apartments and units and, and restaurants. And, yeah. and it's become such a destination that, there's no parking left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh it's a really an amazing spot and I can't wait to see what happens downtown in the future. It got so popular to the point where uh the New York Times put Shelton on the front page. Right. Yes. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, did they? They yeah. did. That was a few years ago. Oh. Yeah. Like when the development just started. Yeah. And uh yeah, I like I like well, it here. I, I love the restaurants because one night I came down. I, I only live a few blocks away. So I walked down. I had appetizers at one restaurant. I had dinner at another. And I had yeah. dessert at a third. Oh, boy. And it was like, it was great because, you know, you get to, instead of experiencing one restaurant, I experienced three. Yeah. You know, there's it's just amazing you could do that. Yeah. Different and, cultures, different people, different yeah. environments. Have you been yeah. to the how, uh, the pub on Howe yet? Oh, I love that place. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a great place. Yeah, I go there yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, literally, I would do something on Saturday if I'm there. Actually, I make my way out of it. You come down here. Yeah. Yeah. It's owned by, I think, her name was Linda and Danny O. Yeah. And he used to own oh. a place down the street. Not exactly down the street, but a little ways down. Yeah, a little further down. Yeah, yeah called Danny O's. I know yeah. Danny O's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he was the owner. He was the original owner. Not original, but I assume yeah. he was the original owner of that. But he's the one that owned that. Cool. And then, whatever the, I forgot what the full story was. They sold that. And then they started the pub on how. Right. Oh, so yeah. neat. They it's have a a, the pub yeah. burger. It's probably the yeah. best burger I've ever eaten. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. out of this world. Yeah. If you get the chance, try it. Yeah, I'll give it a try. You might not be able to finish it. It's it's like, a, it's good. Yeah. Really, really good. I wonder if they'll do a food challenge for me. Ooh, Just a that'd little, be really nice. A little word. A little, uh, I like to drop hints sometimes, Brian. It doesn't it hasn't worked well yet, but... You know, on the podcast, one to see if people are listening, and yeah. second, all that they can pass the word on. Talk to, to them. Yeah, C- don't be afraid. Small you know, I've learned that. Don't be afraid oh, to I talk know. to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because the worst they can say is no. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I was afraid of things. Mm. I was afraid of hearing the word no. Yeah. And then yeah. I realized, 
big deal. Yeah. Somebody says no, they mean no, and that's it. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So you just try something else. Right. You know, and I, I've had some failed businesses over the years. And like I said, I just try something else. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times I, I uh, message someone or email them, no response. Oh, which yeah. I don't care. You know, right. It's fine. Right. But just let me, like you said, you'll find someone that will agree and work with you. That's right. You know, there's, oh, and I also like, what I like to do is I don't, I like to message uh, like a business, be like, hey, you should do this. Oh. Not a bad way. Just, hey, you, this will work for you if you interesting are they that. receptive sometimes some of them yeah and like uh, you know but some people they, they yeah. just have no clue no clue you know they they it's their business and you can't tell them what to do you yeah. can't yeah. even get them a su- suggestion but see i'm different like i it's, it's me myself and i that that have the gift shop mm-hmm. and i welcome any kind of suggestions from the crafters mm-hmm. what should i do well one of the ladies said well you should have gift wrap Ooh. So oh, yeah. I, I immediately went on Amazon. I found a, a, a holder that holds all gift wrap. I bought gift wrap. I made a gift wrap station. So oh. within within three days, so we you had do gift it. wrap. You can wrap your We bought gift boxes right in the store. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't so, see that I mean, anywhere. So we do, we do it all now. Okay. You know? And I mean, I didn't think of that. You charge for gift but wrapping? Just a small fee. Like five like, bucks like, or something? Not even, like three bucks. Okay, all right. It includes the box and the wrapping paper. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's like we're, we're offering a service. Right. You know, and we, we try to do that. And no one know? gifts wrap, no one gifts yeah. wraps anymore. No, no. You never, like only only one last time I remember gift wrapping was when I worked at Filene's when it was, oh well, yeah, those. Macy's when it was yeah. Filene's. Yep. Yeah, those expensive stores. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's why I think one of the reasons why I got a little uh, disgruntled with big box stores was working yeah retail that's why i like kind of like focus more towards this yeah or like went towards it because i just why should the corporations make all the money yeah you know i mean you got to help the small guy who's trying to just you know feed his family or pay the bills right just have fun yeah it it helps we're trying to make it out here that's right the grind is real it is it is (laughs) it's like you don't the people don't think especially with like the small businesses if they're not there you the citizens or the residents, I say, of the town or state, they're the ones who are going to rely on stuff like taxes. Right. You know, if you're a big box store or even your small business goes out, it's yeah. They have to find ways to make it, make that funds back up. You know. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, you know what I mean, Lou. I do. Yeah, I get it. Lou, exactly. Exactly. I always have to fit that in, Brian. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get a shirt for his show, and it's going to be the CT Small Business. And then it's going to say exactly right you know, underneath it's, it. It's funny, it's funny that you say that because well, I just literally said that to a co-worker. Yesterday. You did? <laughs> I can make that for you. Oh, yeah. I got I got Ryan to make it for me. I'm going to buy one right away. Sounds good. We're going to print up some merch, I guess, for anyone who follows the studio and for you guys, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a screen printer here in the building, cool. and they're going to do a nice order for us. And I'll get you guys some shirts, too. Yeah. I told mm-hmm. you. I, I remember telling you offline. Off, offline. Off off air, I'm gonna, I'll buy a, I'm gonna buy a shirt from you. Nice when you when you get them ready. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we got to make business shirts. That's right. Because uh, we're professionals, and of course. we need leisure shirts. Yeah. So we could represent when we're not here. Yeah. Because I wear it constantly. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I had a whole bunch of these made. You know. Oh yeah. And I wear all embroidered. I, nice. I, yeah, I make them all the time. I you know I I wear them all the time. So this way, I'm sort of always advertising myself. Yeah. I'm wearing so. my first prototype business shirt. I was going to ask you about nice. that. Yeah, but you could tell, like, you know, it's faded, not the best, whatever. We tried Vistaprint for shirts. It was okay. 
and then we used another like big brand brand company. Is that a, is that a cotton shirt? Probably, yeah. Yeah, because you can't dye a cotton shirt. No, yeah. So that's why when all my shirts are polyester. That's smart. You, you can dye them, and they don't fade, and they're nice and soft. That's the way, to and do. they don't shrink. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I think Brian just sold me on making shirts for a CT small business. Yeah, it's gonna done and done. Yeah, I had some ideas for some design. So the only shirts I'm gonna wear from now on are the shirts of my podcast. Yeah, I yeah. would. Well, that's right. You're, yeah, you might you as well. want to advertise yourself. You yeah, know? I should be a walking billboard. Maybe that's right. Yeah, I should also tell people uh, if they have a couple of shirts for their small business, they should contact me. That way, we could get a few for and promote them. Like you know, just constantly wear them. Right. So I should say now, Chris at ctsmallbusiness.org. So if you have a shirt for your small business, contact me. Cool. That way we can wear them. Right, Lou? Right. I'll get you a size, too. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, Brian. That's me. I should even ask you, too. How did you get into uh, becoming a magician? That's a long story. Oh, is it? Well, I can still tell you. Yeah, that's fine. I I actually really want to know. Well, it goes back to when I was 12 years old. Yep. Okay. Um, my dad took me to a magic show in Derby. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was actually at the synagogue. And it was for, um, it was at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a magician who happened to be a police detective in Shelton. His name was uh, Chet Kirkett. And so, I, like I said, I was 12 years old. I never saw a magician before. So we're sitting, I think we were in the front row or second row, or whatever. Before the show, he comes into the audience and starts doing some close up magic. And it was like, wow, that's really cool. I was, re- I never saw magic before. You know, it was exciting. So then um, during the show, he said to me, he says, uh, well, he said to the audience, he says, I'd like to borrow a handkerchief. Now, back then, everybody had handkerchiefs in their back pockets, you know, even the kids. So I said, I have a handkerchief. He said, well, come on up on stage. Called me up on stage. And he, I handed him my handkerchief and he placed it on his table. Then he had me select a playing card. I showed the audience. He didn't see it. Put it back in the deck. He wrapped the deck with my handkerchief. Okay. And I held on to it. He said some magic words. We unwrapped the handkerchief and imprinted on my handkerchief was the card. No, no way. way. And I was like, OMG, how did this ever happen? Well, after the show, he, he signed the handkerchief for me. I still have it. And I remember when I left it, I told my dad, I said, I want to be a magician. Wow. So you were so enamored that you got lured into this world. Yeah. But it wasn't until 18 years later that I, I, I still had this bug in me. Yeah. I, I actually sent away to, for, for uh, some magic tricks, and they weren't good at all. They were terrible. I said it was crazy. So, But I always had the interest in magic. But then it wasn't about 18 years later, I actually met this magician again. Oh, the same one? Yes. And... um. He taught me a few things. He introduced me to the local magic club. I got to know a lot of other magicians. Mm. And I went to some magic conventions and read some books. And that's how I got started. Wow. And I got bit by the bug. Been doing it ever since. And I love it because, you know, and I've developed a lot of my own magic too, Mm. you know, and it's fun because I I can honestly say that I, I can go to work, but I don't even call it work. I just can make people happy. Right. You know, and that's my goal. And I just yeah. love it. I, I know you know Daniel Greenwolf. Yes. Yeah, he he's, actually he's, he's has, a great guy. He's yes. got the similar story where he it was into it when he was a kid. Mm. 
went to one like a, a, uh, a convention, not convention, maybe some sort of Ren Fear or some sort of show at 10 years old. And then he he knew exactly then that's exactly what he wanted to do for the rest well, of his life. Well, I had a, a small magic shop in Seymour yeah. with a friend of mine um, who, who's a big magic collector now, David Habersat. And Dan came into my shop to buy stuff with his family. Oh, did he? Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, and I think, that, I don't know if I was the first magic shop he was ever into or what, but yeah. um, I know he's also been to Tannins in New York and et cetera, but... Um, and that's how I've known Dan, and he's he's really taken it to a different level. You yeah. Know? So um, it's really cool. Yeah, he's tech- definitely taken to. I know he's going to go further, further, or farther. Wherever, yeah. Yeah. But he he's definitely taken a long way from what he could. You know. Yeah. You know, Lou. Yeah, it's like uh, I mean, there's so many directions you could go. I mean, if you make it big enough, you could be a big commercial magician and you could oh, do right. crazy wild stunts where you're in danger and, yeah. you know, I mean, there's so, and the, or you could focus on s- small personal environments or there's a lot of ways to go, you know, depending. Yeah. And I'm sure there's agents that book really big gigs if you get famous oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. like See, that. See, I'm not into that. I like, right. I, I, I prefer the smaller audiences. Yeah. The largest show I ever did was at, um, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did about ten minute show uh, during one of the intermissions mm-hmm. for six thousand people. That's a big that audience. Cool. But the the other thing that I've did, I've, and I've done this twice in my in my career, where I've actually helped um, a gentleman propose to his girlfriend. Oh, oh really? Got to hear that and story. make make the the ring magically disappear. I mean, magically up here, I should say. Um, yeah, it disappeared. You know, um, if you didn't but, fix yourself, I would never know if you even said that. <laughs> if you didn't fix, if you didn't. So, someone might call you for a divorce, and they say, "Hey, please make this yeah, magically yeah. disappear." I, I might be able to do that, so I could come up with something. You know, <laughs> but, give them, give them the divorce. You know, I mean, I had never done that before. You know, and the guy called me. I used to work at Carousel Gardens Restaurant in Seymour, which was a haunted house that became a restaurant. It was a really cool place in Seymour. And so I used to do my, uh, magic on, I think it was Friday nights. Every Friday night it was there. Yeah. And a gentleman called me and he says, you know, I've, my girlfriend and I have seen you a couple times. Mm. I want to propose to her. And, and he says, could you, you know, come up to our table, do a trick so you can produce the ring? And I said, yeah. Well, number one, I've never done that before. Number two, I had no idea what I was going to do. Not yet. <laughs> anyway. But the thing is, that's me. I will say yes, and then it forces me to do exactly to right, do. and that's the kind of mentality and, you need to succeed at things. Yeah, and so I mean, they had me. It wasn't even a Friday night; it was like a, a Wednesday night or something like that. And um, it was really funny because everybody in the restaurant knew it was going to happen, except Ooh, for the girl, right? Because they know? have the the owners so, prepped. Yeah. The, the oh, people. yeah. It was great. So, so um, I walked in and I did magic at another table even though I wasn't scheduled that night, you know, just to make, just to make it look like it was, you know, it was a normal night, you know? And I turned to them and they both said, Hey, how are you? You know, because they knew me, they saw yeah. me before. I says, good, good. So I did, I just did a, a simple card trick and I said, I'm going to try something special here. So I had a little pouch, a little velvet pouch mm-hmm. and I had each of them turn it inside out, examine oh. it. There was nothing, nothing in the pouch. So then I handed it to the gentleman. I said, I want you to, it, it, you know, imagine something appearing in there, maybe something of value. Ooh, you know, Ooh, you're clever. So, so he did. And I said, well, reach in the pouch and take it out. He took out a quarter. <laughs> and they were amazed because number one, you know, there was nothing in the pouch. Yeah. And now it was a quarter. So then um, I said, well, that's not very valuable. So then I took <laughs> it and I handed it to the girl. And I says, now I'd like you to you know, imagine something valuable. And she did. 
she reached in as she as as her fingers were coming out i moved away he got on one knee and she started to cry. Oh, oh right. wow! And I'm going to cry hearing. And story. he proposed, and it was like it was so funny because it was one of their smaller rooms. So, so like all the wait wait staff was in the doorway watching. Oh, they were this, watching, and they she were knew. crying. She knew it was, was like it wow. was so incredible, and it, it was great. And then a number of years later, um, a friend of mine asked me. To, to help him propose. And I did something similar, but it was like a stand-up show. Mm. So I had a larger bag and I did all this kind of stuff like that. And I, I sorry, I, then at that point, I sort of knew what I was gonna do. Yeah. You know? But that was in front of their family and everything. It was like a big family reunion they were having and he wanted to propose to her there. And uh, so it was cool. And, and, really and both clever. times they said yes. Oh, good. Oh, so, yeah, that would be yeah, uh, definitely a plus. Yeah. Well, you'd have to adapt your uh, routine if uh, they said no, I guess. Right. <laughs> but yeah that's a really meaningful way to incorporate magic because you're using the word value right you're attaching a sentiment to an object and it's like really makes it a profound moment the way that you do your trick yeah yeah i like that a lot well that's the thing is i i don't just do tricks yeah i mean here's i i I do a lot of restaurant magic Mm. now i I recently left a gig that i was doing in in, uh, milford to concentrate on the on the shop uh, but I was working Friday nights at a, every Friday night at a restaurant in Milford, and I, I do close-up magic at the tables. Mm. So, uh, but I've done this over the years, and I prefer doing that, you know, because it's, it's very intimate. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. And it, it's, it's so it's personal. Of, yeah, yeah, so personal, a lot of fun. And I, I, I filled in for actually, I took over a restaurant a number of years ago from a magician. He was working. It was in Fairfield. And um, he left for whatever reason. I, I don't know the whole story. But anyway, um, he was very polished. And this is when I was just starting my career. And I was a little nervous about this because it's like I was my sleight of hand at that point wasn't as good as it is now. Okay. You know, and I said, well, but I'm going to do my best because that's what I do, you know. So I approached the first table and it come to find out it was a table of regulars. And I said, hi, I'm Brian. I'm the magician. And. They knew. They you? said, "No." They said, "You're not the regular magician." <gasps> oh, and my great. heart sunk. It's like, "Oh my god, how am I going to impress these people when this guy, his caliber is so much better than mine?" You know. And it's like, "I'm just going to do it." So I did my my gig. I did my whole thing, and I said, "I hope you guys enjoy that." And, and they said, "Oh my goodness, you are so much." better than him oh, and it's like no 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 i i said i can't yeah. be you know and so i just passed it off i said you know maybe they're just trying to make me feel good or something so anyway I, I did i did some more tables and then another table they said the same thing wow. you're so much better than the other magician and the, the, a waitress was standing there and she says yes you are because she was there every week you know she'd see the guy and it, it didn't I was like stunned. So I, I used to also do some balloon animals for the kids mm-hmm. and I, I had those like in another area so I'd make them and bring them to the table. So I went over there and then she came over and I said, wait a minute, how could you say that I'm better than this other guy? He's like, he's so much more seasoned, he's so much better. And she says, you know the thing is, he did tricks, mm. you entertain. Ooh. And, I, and that just stuck uh. in my head that I have to not concentrate on the magic but concentrate on entertaining people. Smart. And I've done that ever since. What a valuable lesson that was. Yeah. You know, it really, really. I mean, you know, I mean, it just it just made me feel so good that I could do it that way. You know, and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So cool. Lou, 
Yes, sir. You want you want me to spin the? We have yeah, a little wheel spin, game here. Let's spin the wheel. I, I don't have a name well, for it yet. I was gonna say like, was it Wheel of Doom or? Yeah, we'll wheel call it the Wheel of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What am I doomed for? Okay, so I'm gonna spin it. Give it a good one. All right. That was lousy. Well, it's still going. Yeah, you're no Vanna White. No. Nah. Town. So, okay. all right. How do you want me to answer this? Uh, you want me to talk I, about my favorite town? Yeah, sure. And what what you can find in it? I guess. Well, uh, I am a Shelton boy, born and raised in Shelton, so I think it's unfair if I pick Shelton. Um, let me think here. I mean, there are some pretty good towns nearby. You can have, like, say, you know, let's say a restaurant you like going there, or it could be anything, really, if you think about it. Uh, dun, 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 have you dun, always dun, lived in Shelton? I have. Okay. Born and raised. Uh, you know, I have to get out to experience the world every once in a while. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be uh, uncultured, if, you know, so I have to kind of expand my limitations here. But uh, I'm trying to think. You know, a town that I've really come to love that I don't know a lot about but I would really like to is Easton. Mm. There's so much beautiful land out there. there. Yeah. And and I think there are towns in, in Connecticut that have laws that, are meant to uphold the beauty of the town. Right. Each piece of property has to have a certain amount of acreage. And you can't, they don't want these towns and their natural beauty to get be gone. So right. they they make it so the towns aren't allowed to, to become congested. Right. And those are the towns I really, really love. And it's like Southbury's like that. Yeah. 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 Not a bad a way. A lot of just, acreage, yeah. 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 And it's I know nice. I know that um, up by Easton, I don't know if it's in Easton, there's Marker 32. Oh yeah, right. Is that in Easton? It's, I think so. Yeah. So that, it's like the it's like a price chopper. Yeah, and and I've heard so many unbelievable things. It's like a big venue, and they've got all different types of vendors and and businesses. And I got to make a trip up there because I've driven past it a few times, and it looks really cool. Now I think they have one of those in Oxford too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Quarry yeah. Walk, Rock. Okay. And there, and that's actually starting to build up a lot more. They have. Uh, yeah, because Oxford was. When, yeah. You know, when I was younger, it was nothing. It was farmland. Yeah. That now that. Yeah. My yeah. sister lives there. And it's ah, like, okay. like you said, it was nothing. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of like what you say, where they just everything, all the small businesses are located in one spot. Like, like you got your Corey Walk, which mm-hmm. you got your, your T with Tracy, which used to be in Seymour. You, you know, you got some ice cream shops. You got uh, Char and Lemon. Yep. Yep. And you have uh, the Sitting Duck. Yeah, you know, you got your bigger ones like Five Guys, right? Yeah, you got. But it's nice because you could do everything in one area. One area, yeah. You know, you don't have to go here and then drive here and then drive yeah. there. And you know, I go there. I go to Sunday Fun Day a lot. Oh, it's in the same plaza. They used to be in Shelton. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they they found a spot in actually right next to the Quarry Walk. Right. Where, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Roses? It's a little like a little restaurant in there. No, no. it's uh like right next door. Now it's actually in between Roses and. Oxford uh, Axe companies there okay. now, and they have what they do is they have uh, they use the Big Dipper ice cream, mm-hmm. and they make uh, just like you know these interesting Sundays like Nutter Flutter yeah. or Fover. Hmm. You know, it's just it's all themed, right? So it's it's amazing. Love ice cream, artesian yeah. ice cream. Yeah, well, you know, I never thought about that word. I'll use that now. Artesian. <laughs> Let's spin the wheel. Round and round she what goes. do we get this time on the wonderful wheel of mysteries? Oh. We have a mystery box, so now we must pull a question. Let's pull a question out Luke. out of the wonderful box of questions here. And this is the time I always tell people to check out uh, Gamer Fuel. They ah. sell proteins, 
uh, pre-workouts. They also sell coffee. And they're based out of Simsbury. Simsbury. And, of course, if you use CTSB as a coupon code, you save 10%. I am a gamer, and I cool. will look into Gamer's yeah. Fuel. He actually, the guy's a gamer, too. Yeah? And he actually started because... He's like a, a live streaming game, yeah. right? Yeah, that's and really he, cool. He wanted to be... I think he was healthy already. But he's just like, you know, like you have that concept of a gamer being oh, easy yeah. or just right, you know, right. overweight, just like that concept. Yeah, so now we got gamers fuel to keep all the yep. gamers healthy and... It, you got exactly Phil. Or Phil. I don't know how Phil, I got Phil out Phil. of Lou. We got a lot Lou, of names. Oh, we're, Lou, we're, we're, Lou is going to be Phil from now on. Just call me Dr. Phil. And I'm known Phil or Phil. So I just did it again to you, Lou. You can you can keep that in the episodes, okay? Cool, yeah. And, but like I, I've known People Lou for how many months already? I'm calling him wrong names. So we'll go to the question now, Lou. Question. When... I don't have my cheaters. I keep on forgetting them. When you hit a plateau, what keeps you motivated? Oh, man. All right. So I get, there are a couple things because I feel like I'm in a plateau right now. This is an easy question. <laughs> um, well, the vision that I've cast for the company keeps me going because I know that there's so, so much room for growth. And when I when I plateau, what it does is it lets me know that something needs to change and the business model needs to be adjusted in such a way where there's more room to grow. Because if you right. look at it like a funnel, like business is coming in and it's reaching it, like if there is business coming in, it's, it's reaching a choke point, right? right? And, and like the, the flow of business or whatever it is, is like it's coming to uh, like a congested area. So we have to expand our reach we have to change our business model we have to start networking with bigger marketing companies expand our range of services so like i think of this like when you see a plateau it's a plateau is an opportunity to make a change it's mm -hmm. an opportunity if you allow it to be and that's how i view the pla a plateau like this in the company it, it's the business telling you that it's time for a transformation i think yeah or Sometimes, even if you hit a plateau, like you're just about to break through and maybe one thing needs to change or maybe you just need to wait if you're doing everything right. But um, that's what I think about yeah. my plateau. Change, change yeah. is important. You know, I mean, look at big companies like McDonald's. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're always changing. They're always, you know, they're, yeah. they're changing everything. You even know? look and at the restaurant it's, now. It's, it used to be red and yellow. Now it's like a gray. Yeah. Like it's a. Yeah. yeah they may try to make it look more modern yeah. and, and everything. Sometimes they change their menu and they, and they still advertise. Yeah. You, would, you wouldn't think a, a business like that would have to advertise, mm -hmm. you know, but they still do. They, they, have, they yeah. realize they still have to have that reach. Mm -hmm. No, they, they even have try bringing food to your table now too. Right. Oh, Instead yeah. of, you know, like they have, you got the, like the, the like little a little tents. like little yeah, yeah. and they just say no you're table yeah. 10 you and they bring it out to you and everything i yeah. can go for a mcflurry right now yeah i actually had a actually had one last night on the <laughs> way home okay it's funny that you said that cool. actually brian i should can ask you the question same question if you have an answer to it it's okay if you don't well i mean it's, it's basically the same uh, changing not not being afraid of change you know yeah. i mean um you know i mean we just started uh, you know yeah that's why shop, i was like but uh, but also with magic yeah you know, also with magic. I mean, I've I've had it a couple times where you know it's been quiet. You know, some some dead spots and stuff. But it's like, I still advertise. I still reach out. Mm -hmm. And how else can I? What kind of audience can I reach? You know, so I mean, if I've been a little slower and I want to work more during the summer, I'll, I'll send out you know letters and postcards to uh, uh, summer camps. 
right. libraries mm-hmm. and stuff like that for the reading programs, you know. And I mean, I'm not performing as much now anymore because of the, the, the shop, but you know, in the past, that's what I've done. I've always changed how I did things. Yeah. And uh, you know, like like with the, uh, the boutique, I mean, we got a little busy the first month. It was great, mm. you know, and then slowed down a little bit. And then someone said, well, why don't you do something on Facebook? And I said, okay, let's do a Facebook live. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So now every Thursday night we do a Facebook live and it's, and it's incredible because people yeah. share it and they come in and they say, Hey, I saw this product you had. I want to buy it. Mm. You know, so it's great. So, you, you know, like I said, you can't be afraid of change. Yeah. You know, you have to just, yeah. you know, I feel evolve. Like, I feel like any business that is static, that's afraid to change, that's, stuck in the same routine is yeah unless the business model is flawless they're destined to fail yeah. like like you know why you do this this way well i've always done it that way yeah well maybe you got to change it it's not a good it. answer it's not a good answer no it's not yeah. it's not yeah yeah maybe i'll have to pay a visit one thursday and hang out sure well not pay a visit like i'm like i'll have to come and hang out and go live on my instagram with you yeah make a tiktok cool. oh god yeah. you'd get so many followers i'm not too familiar with tiktok but yeah maybe you guys can teach me you I'm actually sure can. <laughs> i uh i actually just pers- i put that the trick they did last night mm-hmm. or last last episode should i say quote yeah, unquote yeah. uh it's got the most views so far oh reels let me actually let me check right now but yeah, you're you're the most viewed person on my reel so far. Congratulations, wow. you're famous now. Yeah, you've, you've made it. <laughs> well, see, I'm not looking to be famous. That's that's not me. Right. Yeah. I'm looking to entertain people. Right. I'm looking to make people happy. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. that's just it. It's funny that you say that. You have right currently you have six hundred eighteen. Wow. Views Holy on moly. my thing, and that's just from just that's on Instagram. Twenty four hours. Yeah, that's twenty four hours. Wow! And actually, Gamer Fuel actually commented, "That's awesome." Like literally last <laughs> night, he commented, "That's awesome." I sent it to, and I sent it to like six of my friends. Wow! I sent it to Michelle, who's got your stuff in your her stuff. Oh in your yeah, shop. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I sent it. Well, it's funny because she, you know, she says she knows so many people who have seen me at magic shows and stuff, and it's it's great, you know. And she's from whatever area. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, Nog- 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 yeah. But it's yeah. pretty much where she yeah. lives. It's like. Waterbury, Nog, it's like well, Middlebury I, I performed all over the state. Yeah. You know, I've even performed like New York and Boston and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Cool. But, it, cool. you know, then you learn, you, you meet people and you yes. know, hopefully you get business from the interactions you oh, yeah. have with people, you know? Yeah. Here you go, Lou. We're going to do one more. All uh, right, well, one more. Well, one more we'll do. Before we wrap up. Yeah. I love hearing that click. If it's one we don't like, we can change it. Another mystery box. You want to do a mystery box, Lou? Sure, let's answer another question. Okay, let's ask Lots it. of questions here. Yeah. Maybe it'll be one I wrote. Yeah. Did you write that <laughs> last one? No, 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 no. Not that one. Oh, I wonder who did that, because I didn't do that one. Uh, what's the best advice you received when you first started? Hmm. I So when I first started, I got connected with the, the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce, and I met a bunch of other small business owners and one of the people I met through a mutual friend was Lou. I I met another Lou and he is the owner of Poncheros in Shelton. Ah. And I met with Lou and he is an entrepreneur and a businessman and his advice to me, which I thought was really valuable, was when when you reach your first plateau, don't give up because it's really hard as a new business owner when you stop seeing growth 
to throw in the towel, I think, right. especially if it's your first company and you don't know the routine. Right. And he just said, kept pu- keep pushing through, through your plateaus. And he gave me a little book, and it was all about pushing through your first business plateaus. And his advice to me was really invaluable, and I always will remember that. And uh, so that's that was probably the best business advice that I got uh, starting out. Um, cause it kept me going and it kept me learning to get to the point where I am today. That's great. Yeah. How about yourself, Brian? Do you have any, any, you can, you want to add it's a, if you don't basically, like I, I, I mean, I had someone who tell me that, you know, don't, don't ever take no for an answer. You know, I mean, if someone says, if you have an idea and you want to do it and I mean, as long as it's a, a viable idea, yeah. you know, if someone says, no, that'll never work, you know, research it and do it. Yeah. I mean, I was I was told. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of came up with this idea of a of a um, multi vendor crafter shop by five years ago, and I, I mentioned it to another crafter that I, I I had worked with, and they said, "Oh, that'll never work. Don't ever do that. That'll never work." And I always had it in my mind, "I'm going to do it." <laughs> yeah, and you know what's interesting? When I started this company, I think it's notable. It's the same experience you had. A lot of people are naysayers. Yes, so so yeah. many. And they say, oh, that's just a hobby. You're never going to make it. This isn't, vi- this isn't a viable option. Right. And, and then, like, you get all these negative thoughts. You have all these self-limiting beliefs that are being projected onto you. Yeah. And it's just not fair because people don't see your vision. They don't see where it could go. They don't see right. the potential. And then when you execute it and, and you do it well, all these people are like, oh, I, oh I'm so happy for you. No, mm. get out of here. You never believed in me. You never thought this could be anything. Yeah. A lot of people will only support you when you're successful. Right. And it's just not, it's not where we're at. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're jealous or, or, or what, you it's, know, they're jealous because of your idea or, it's, or, or what, but it's, it's, it's like, it stems from a personal insecurity because yeah. they have their own self-limiting beliefs, you know, and maybe they don't value the experience of being an entrepreneur. Like we put a value on it. It's right. important to us. It's so deep and meaningful. And to them, it's an experience that probably doesn't have that much value. Yeah. It doesn't, it wouldn't add anything to their life, but for us it does. So they can't see it in the same light that we can. Right. And, and maybe it's that, maybe it's a personal insecurity because they don't think, they think the challenge is too great to overcome. Right. But that's a myth. Starting a small business is not as hard as people think that it is. Yeah. It's not it's fifty dollars on the on the Connecticut State website and you can get your LLC and you're ready to go. Right. And and it doesn't you don't have to invest that much money yeah. if you have a good business model. But people get scared because the idea is overwhelming. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it too. But it's people like us who wanna challenge ourselves. To that really get to these points where we where we have to grow to make to make yeah. it and, and we do i'm another quick story um quite a few years ago uh, there, there was a gentleman who had a magic shop in, in another town and um he had a lecturer come in uh, another magician come from california and he gave a, a, a lecture on his magic and he of course when they, they come out they also sell some tricks and everything and one of the tricks he sold was called the viper and oh. it was it was a, a, a basket a snake basket and, tech, and just very briefly, you had someone select the card, mm. okay? You lost it in the deck, um, and, you, and you put the, the cards on, on a, a table right next to the snake basket. You open up the snake basket, and you summon the snake to, to find the card. Okay. Well, 
it, it's, 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 a, it's a comedy routine. But anyway, what happens is a spring snake, I mean, I'm talking about a four foot spring snake, okay. jumps out of the basket and you have the uh, card that was selected, which can be signed or a corner Ooh. ripped off or whatever, in the mouth of the, the snake. And it was a very expensive trick, $400. Ooh, okay. And wow. as soon as I saw it, I said, I'm buying that. Well, the owner of Magic Shop said, what would you use that for? I says, what do you mean what I would use? That's just an awesome trick. So he says, fine, you know, go ahead, buy it, you know, if you want. I said, you should buy some for your shop. And he says, nah, I would never sell. He says, terrible trick. Well, yeah. I <laughs> bought the trick and I, I did it in, in some of my stand-up shows, some of my kid shows, and it went over well. Anyway, about a year later, um, a, a local magic club asked me to do about a 10, 15 minute gig during one of their big shows. So I said, I'm gonna do this trick. Well, I did this trick and the reaction from the audience and the other magicians was just so incredible. The guy who told me never to buy that trick, he bought three for his shop. Oh, wow. And yeah, immediately when he saw, I mean, so, you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, some people really don't have that vision. Mm -hmm. And if you have that vision, go with it. Absolutely. You know, I mean, work on it, research yeah. it, you know, and, and do it. You know, don't be afraid to believe in yourself. You have to trust your intuition too. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a saying that I've learned recently uh, that can apply to any business owner or people who are th are very uh, cerebral and thinking minded is paralysis by analysis. Right. Sometimes if you think too much, you'll get stuck in one place and you have to have an action plan. You know, right. th there's always needs to be small steps of progression to get you where you're going if, if you're trying to make it far because right. you don't. Uh, a big goal could be overwhelming, mm -hmm. but uh, and so can a vision, you know. But when you can see it, you you know what you have to do to get to that point, right? And that's important. I always tell people, literally, if they feel down, call me. I'll gas them up. <laughs> I'll tell them exactly, you know, work them up a little bit, get them up going, you know. Yeah, nice. And I, that just messed up Lou's completely good. Uh... Gas them up. Yeah, you can gas me up. Got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay now so lou where where can we find you or how, how can we contact you to great start uh, a podcast yeah. stream or so you know, for anyone interested in starting a podcast or coming down for a free consultation at royal fox studio here in downtown shelton 415 howe avenue they could dm us on instagram at royal fox studio they can go to our website www.royalfoxstudios with an s.com they can find us on Facebook, Royal Fox Studio, and they're also f feel free to look us up on Google, and you can send us a text or call from Google if you have any questions about starting your own show. That's what I did. I actually DM'd Lou on cool. Instagram. I have a qu I have one more question. Yeah, go ahead. Why Royal Fox? Uh, well, there's a little duality in the name, okay. so it's Royal Fox. But if you look at our logo, there's a crown. That's not a crown of royalty. That's actually the jester's crown. So there's a duality. Um, it's supposed to, in its own unique way, uh, symbolize the studio for the people. You know, it's almost like a mockery. The, the fox is the jester of animals. Okay. That's the ultimate trickster. Okay. So it's, it's almost supposed to mean a studio for the people. Okay. So there, there are a lot of different businesses models out there when it comes to recording studios and podcast studios, but we want all of those people... Uh, to be able to have free access, complete transparency. There's no tricks here. 
Right. You know, it's like there's a lot of uh, barriers to getting into a studio if you want to start your own podcast in other locations, but not here. We're here for you along the whole way. We'll help you design your show. We'll get you started from scratch or we'll help improve on a show that you already have yeah. if that's what you want. So that's part of the meaning of the logo. That's the awesome. jester's crown with the duality uh, of yeah. the royal fox. Yeah. I like it. I call Lou the fixer. He fixes my flubs. We're going <laughs> to we're going to fix it all. Yep. Exactly. Excellent. And I should actually thank uh, Brian for being my co-host as well. Always wonderful to have you. And so he runs. You're welcome. He runs uh, the Shelton Gift Boutique at 480. How average? It's 480, right? 480. So you go live every Thursday, 7 p.m. Yep, on Facebook. On Facebook. Like our page. Like his own gift boutique. Like the page. Visit his shop. He has 46 vendors. Mm. 46, right? Yep. It was, I knew you, I knew you kept on growing. So yes. So it's good. It'd be four months and 46 vendors. So yeah, sweet. Perfect. Very excited. Uh, thanks for coming on, and it's now time to click the buttons. Let's click the button, baby.